Thank you for joining Analytics today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. Hey, Samir. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Good, man. How you been? Very good. Yeah, so new year, new things, um, you know, a lot of great things in store for uh, analytics and marketers in 2017, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And football is in Houston. Are you jealous? <laughs> I, I am. I'm jealous. I, I wanted my Packers to win, and uh, they they had an eight game winning streak, and they they couldn't they couldn't make it to the Super Bowl. But I, I have a good feeling about next year. Are you going to be able to make it to Houston to watch the uh, final game? No, I don't know. I, I I think I'd rather be in the comfort of my own home, my own TV, and yeah. paying my own price for Your man um, cave. <laughs> yeah, basically. Cool. It was funny, and I'm sure the uh, analytics people would like this out here. Um, I was searching the other day. I, I forgot where it was, but I was searching the other day for a calculation that is allows you to put in the size of your living room um, based on dimensions, and it outputs and tells you what size TV at minimum you should have to support your viewing habit. <laughs> wow. So it's So it forces you to say, I can't get a TV smaller than 50 inches. You know, because my room is too big. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure all the data junkies would love that. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so today's pretty interesting. So today's topic is um, five actionable lessons from Forrester's uh, predictive marketing analytics survey. And this was a recent survey. So really the idea around that is, you know, traditionally marketing has been more of, a, of an art than yeah. a science. Um, you know, marketing has measured – or was measured using awareness and interest metrics instead of sales or revenue. But, you know, however, with recent advancement in marketing technology and data capturing mechanisms, things have really changed uh, dramatically. And you and I both have seen this in our, in our daily work lives. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and as this, what's crazy is to discussed in the podcast number 18, um, CMOs now have a front seat at the revenue table and budgets are shifting from that traditional IT department to marketing. This is something that you and I have been talking about, you know, for many, many podcasts. Yeah, and I think what's important here is uh, if you look at the last 15, 20 years, right, uh, marketing has yep. changed pretty dramatically. Uh, before, yes. it was all about offline campaigns. I think the best tool that we had for marketing was Excel spreadsheets, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, or maybe a calendaring app. Uh, not an app, exactly, but a calendaring uh, whiteboard, essentially, to manage yep. all of our campaigns. And it was all about driving, especially for B2B, it was all about driving people uh, to the brand uh, assets. Like in, there may, be a, may not be a website, but there may be a, a, essentially a company billboard somewhere. So we want to drive people there. We want to get people to the events and trade shows. Yep. So it was so so much about impression targeting. Uh, and there was no way to ma capture this impression. There was no way to know like how many people who we saw the banner and came to the, the billboard saw and came to the trade show. So I think what's happening with the advancement in the technology, especially with the advancement of the data, it's been a dramatic shift. We're seeing marketing being at the forefront of the revenue table. Uh, CMOs are taking ownership of the revenue just like sales and finance and all the yep. different departments are. Uh, we're seeing an improvement in overall marketing technology and landscape. So today, marketers are using a variety of key metrics to manage performance, uh, and also they're looking in forward-thought in a forward way. They're investing in predictive analytics. So this is what we're going to talk about today is uh, based on the recent study that Forrester did, 
that evaluates the use of predictive analytics by B2B marketing departments. Uh, and then we're going to take that, we're going to kind of dissect it, and we're going to identify the key takeaways from the study so we can provide our listeners value uh, and so they can take actionable insight. That's that's pretty much what we're doing today. Yeah, and I think one thing is to also note is in, I think with this, it's not just purely the adoption of a tool. So what our listeners may think is, okay, great, people are now using predictive analytics tools. Well, hey, uh, Samir and Jeremy, why don't you tell me what those tools are and I'll start to adopt them myself. No, we're talking about kind of a fundamental shift in the way they think and the way they approach problems. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's like this idea of saying rather than just looking at click-throughs, maybe you should also look at conversion. Yeah. Cool. You know, um, you know, it, it, and so really when we talk about this, I think what this – the entire premise uh, of this um, – forced to research or the survey is to really say it's been a fundamental shift in the way um, marketers and CMOs specifically are approaching um, doing daily marketing. And it's not just the adoption of a tool. So we'll be clear in that. Yeah, I think it's a great point because you know that's essentially what we're going to talk about and not just the top of the funnel. So as we see you know, in marketing, if you dissect the funnel in three parts or four parts, like top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, end of the funnel, end of the funnel essentially is where the conversion happens in the B2B yep. world. But also beyond that, like how do we extend customers' longevity? How do we improve customers' engagement with the brand? So there are lots of things that marketers can do. So let's get started then. Sure. So um, I'll, I'll bring up topic number one, and I know you got some uh, great ideas in this. But really it's this idea, you know, so for the purpose of the study, you know, j- just for everybody's aware, forced to use both online and phone interviews for B2B marketing executives. So from that, what we're able to do is pull out five actionable lessons from this study. Cool. And um, we'll, we'll definitely be able to put a link to that study in there so you guys can actually go check out this, this uh, Forrester study. It's pretty fantastic. So the first one is you know, marketers who use predictive analytics outpace those who don't. And, and so maybe, Samir, if you can give you know, a better idea of what you mean by outpace, you're saying they work faster or, or or they work harder, and, and a lot of times working harder is not always better. Mm-hmm. But are you talking about better results? And what do you mean by results? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know we're definitely talking about better results. Uh, we're definitely talking about more revenue, better business outcomes. Uh, but first, what I would like to address is uh, marketers uh, who are you know, predominantly using predictive analytics and predictive analytics technology, uh, the usage is not limited to a particular area of marketing. Like I was saying earlier, uh, marketers have expanded the use of predictive analytics technology across all the business functions. Uh, and like so that. let's let's dive into some of those business functions as well. So sure. first, like marketers look like to understand their top customers and how and when they buy. Uh, I think this is interesting because in the B2B world, it's all about driving the right type of leads and contacts to your sales teams, right? Uh, and then the key is in order to drive the right type of contact, you want to make sure you get more of those, you know, like a lookalike modeling. Uh, so predictive analytics is helping marketers reduce all the noise and focus on the key customer contacts and accounts that they can help sales uh, to improve the conversion. Uh, so, 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 yeah. Yeah, and if you don't mind, let me make sure. And, and like I said, I, we like to define things to make sure that you and me and the rest of the people listening are on the same page. So when we, when we say um, interested in their top customers, or a lot of times we call them hero customers and stuff, what does that mean to you? 
I think for me, it is the customers we can acquire faster. The customer goes through the buying process a lot faster than the others. Okay. A customer that has a propensity to grow when they become a customer, you know, opportunities for cross-sell, upsell. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, yeah, uh, yeah I was going to say, uh, more importantly, a customer that gives the sales uh, really high chances of converting them. Yeah. And I think different people can look at it different ways. So I think when you're in a conversation with marketing people and you talk about your top customers or your hero customers, it doesn't hurt to define that. You know, and even yeah. to add to Samir's definition, I think it's important to also say, you know, if you look at lifetime value, some people may say, you know, they, these are people that could even be, um, you know, low cost per acquisition. These are people with greater lifetime value. These are people with great upsell opportunities, or these are people who contribute to um, promoting our brand. They may not be purchasing, but they are great to acquire as a very small customer because they're going to go out and help promote our brand to others and increase their activities two to three X. So could def- have said it better. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the whole definition of when you say top customers, big thing there, make sure everybody in the room knows what you're talking about because then you're just using jargon. And, and that goes back to that hilarious, I, mean, I don't know if you remember that hilarious podcast we did. And it was like, um, <laughs> it was like, uh, um, uh, business lingo bingo or something where we just talking about the business buzzwords that are hilarious yeah the business buzzwords <laughs> i think yeah it's it's one of those podcasts we'll post a link uh, now that you mentioned <laughs> we're going to put the link in there so everyone can have a look at it awesome yeah so i think that's great and so you, you talked about number the first thing so uh, what, what about the second thing you're going to mention yeah there? so what basically what i was talking about is how predictive analytics is benefiting marketers and marketers are taking mm-hmm. advantage of predictive analytics across all the different parts of the funnel so the first one i talked about which was getting the right type of customers now the yep. second one is prioritizing the contacts for sales teams so a lot of cases, you know, we definitely, as a marketer and as salespeople, the salespeople want more leads. The marketers wants to drive a lot more leads. But I think with predictive analytics, they can score the right types of leads using data points within the organizations and data points externally. So when they deliver the leads, they're prioritized. So instead of salespeople going through a list database of yep. 3,000 leads per week, they can focus on those hundreds that have a better chance of conversion. So, so the translation into that, a lot of marketers may even be able to see it as like an A, B, or C lead. Correct. You know, a exactly. lot of times when you do this well. criteria with the scoring, and a lot of times people use this through marketing automation, but there's elements of predictive analytics in there. So an A lead would be somebody who is eager. They follow a BANT model, you know, budget, authority, need, and timeline. They're ready to go. Yeah. B is they're lukewarm, but you need to nurture them a bit. And C is they probably gave you their business card because they wanted a free T-shirt. Probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the third group in this case is uh, where can we use predictive marketing analytics is Mm -hmm. media mix modeling or marketing mix modeling. So you have so many different channels. You have so many different uh, platforms where your buyers could come from, mobile, uh, offline, online, trade shows, uh, billboards. You know, a lot of people are still using that, ads. So among all these different types of marketing channels, what's the right mix? Where can I invest the money uh, between all these channels to get the optimal performance from my advertisement campaigns? And I think that's a tough one that a lot of companies have. You know, a lot of times they'll 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 do a lineup and they'll do um, top to bottom and say 
which channels give us the best return on investment versus which ones give us the worst. And it doesn't, it's not really as easy as that. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, that, that's the way to where you say, oh, print is giving us uh, less than a half of a, re- of one, per- of one percentage of return. Yeah. Your return investment and you cut it and all of a sudden your brand awareness goes down and you lose money. And you realize that print was actually benefiting your online ads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> many times before, right? <laughs> yep. I, I have actual stories. I'm not allowed to say those stories and what happened to the company, but you know, we all know those stories. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So the fourth uh, benefit of uh, predictive marketing analytics is to ability to identify cross-sell and upsell opportunities. So essentially, nice. if you already have a customer database, uh, if you use the data wisely, if you apply predictive analytics, and at later say we're going to talk about some examples, but then among all of your thousands of customers, how do you identify the ones that have really high potential of buying more products from you or upgrading yep. their existing products and services? So that's, that's, that's another great. key area. It's great. Yeah. Uh, the, and the last and you know fifth and the final one is to improve overall customer engagement and increase customer longevity. Uh, so again, once you start looking into the database, you start using the data wisely. You start deriving insights from it. Then you know that some of your customers are satisfied, but some of them are not satisfied, and some of them are customers are going to stay with you longer. Some of them are not. And then applying the insights will help you identify those patterns in your mm-hmm. data sets for you to make educated decisions. So, yeah, and, and here's one thing. So um, imagine this. You've done a campaign, and, and I'll use basic numbers here. You've done a campaign, and you've got a 1,000 people that came in, and you want to do a response to that campaign. Using your predictive analytics tools and software, imagine if it outputted and said, look, based on what our top or hero customers look like and based on the amount of uh, the, the new people that came in in this predictive modeling, it then tells us, you know what? Don't send the single and same message to all thousand people. Maybe to 400 of them, send this specific message with this sense of urgency and this call to action. Maybe for another uh, 300, you send this one. Another 200, um, you send this. But let's say there's that remaining group of people. The The tool actually says, do not send them anything. Yeah, don't even message absolutely. to them because these people are going to um, unsubscribe and they're going to leave your lead funnel. So th- this is really what's important. It's really just being able to say it's not a one size fits all now for marketers and their prospects or leads. You got to be predicted. You got to use predictive analytics to be able to identify what's the right thing to say at the right time. And totally. You know, I think you framed it very well. So in, that's exactly what the statistics are saying. So if you look at some of the statistics, 83% of the marketers who are using predictive analytics experience a high impact on the business results, such as their revenue goals nice. uh, increase, revenue performance increase, market share increases, and marketing results increases. So that's yep. exactly what's happening. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's... And then this is not just, you know, Samir and I quoting from the Forrester research. These are things that, that you know, you and I have have seen impacted, yeah, experienced exactly. and impacted and seen in our own careers. And it's just, it's shocking to think something as simple as that, being able to just slightly change the message can make such a strong impact. Totally. So, cool. So let's go to number two. So, you know, we talked about five actionable lessons that, that was the first one. Marketers use predictive analytics, outpace those who don't. The second one is, you know, is how do predictive analytics 
or, or that the fact that predictive analytics help convert data into useful insights. Mm-hmm. And so we've done a few podcasts on this idea about about insights and outcomes and 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 a great data marketer is somebody who can translate data into analytics and put it into marketing speak or normal speak that the rest of the company can understand. And and I think this is a very important one that 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 you bring up is this idea that how does predictive analytics help convert data into useful insights, not just insights, but useful insights? I think it's very critical, right? I think we are all kind of dealing with the data explosion. Uh, data is mm-hmm. coming in all sorts of shapes and sizes, uh, yep. and, and not to mention from different channels. So first off, first off, the capturing of that data and putting that data into a specific database, that itself is a technology challenge. Like you, you have to buy in from your leadership. You have to make sure that you have the right pieces of the puzzle in place. And then it's a whole bunch of challenge associated with what do you do with the data? How do you take advantage of it? Uh, so I think this is where predictive analytics technologies allow you to take that data and drive insights from it which can help you get a better understanding of your market, which can help you solve some of the technology challenges, which can Uh help you become better at measurement. Uh, uh, And this is what exactly marketers are facing. The challenges the marketers face today is either they don't have a buy-in from their leadership, either they don't have appropriate technology to convert the data into actionable insights, either they are not uh, disciplined in their metrics and measurement frameworks, or they're lacking... Um, the advanced skills that are required to make use of this data. Uh, so I think that's that's where this particular insights draws onto is if you want to use predictive analytics and if you're prepared in the organization, you're going to take advantage of predictive analytics and you're going to convert data to useful insights that's going to help you across different things. And it's also going to help you solve some of the technology problems. Then you'll find out that you may not need the technology that you are really looking to buy. Yeah, and, and I think one thing that I'd, I'd like to also add in there is this idea that, you know, with this also comes a lack of funding. Um, you know, th- there's that lack of funding that usually comes from finance or, or from the executive team saying, you know, we can't really um, afford something like this. This is not something that we, we had, um, you know, put in our budget for the upcoming year. But what they need to realize is, you know, if if you do – the math right, you work with your vendors to identify what the opportunity is and the return investment of the total economic impact, um, that funding will easily take care of itself with a tool like this. Yeah, or, or, you show the result and you get more funding, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it, and it's one of those things that's – it's um, and we've talked about this in other podcasts is this idea that you know you need to be able to sell internally. You know, it, It's not just being great at what you do as, as your job to be a great leader – in, in data and analytics, you also got to be able to sell internally. And being able to sell that message and that opportunity, you got to go out and get it done. Yeah, I'll make sure that I add that uh, podcast in the show notes as well. Uh, for those for of you sure. listening first time, the show notes are always available on datacrackle.com, D-A-T-A-C-R-A-C-K-L-E.com. Uh, so cool. one quick thing before we move on to number yep. three is just a quick statistic. So 86% of the marketers who are using predictive analytics have been able to identify new market opportunities. So this yes. is exactly what we're saying. When you use the data and you apply predictive analytics, you are always going to find new things. So 86% of the marketers are identifying new markets. Maybe it's a, you know expanding geographically or maybe expanding to a new product or service line that they were not thinking about. And this is all happening because of using predictive analytics. 
I agree. I agree. So number three is pretty interesting, and and I think we're bringing up um, a new buzzword or a new key term that a lot of people haven't used before, and everybody's familiar with MarTech, right? Marketing technologies, and the shorter term is MarTech. So one we have here is called PredTech, mm-hmm. or predictive technologies. I, I like that one. It's PredTech. So before I say that one, just so Mart, MarTech, marketing technologies, PredTech, predictive technologies. So this idea that PredTech should be prioritized higher on the MarTech list. And I think, Samir, this is – I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this because this is a very bold statement. This is uh, – because we all know, and you and I are big fans of Scott Brinker and you know the super graphic and stuff, and we talk about the rise of marketing technologies and even ad techs out there in the world – but you're saying here that PredTech should be prioritized higher on the MarTech list? Yeah, and I'll provide a little bit more context. As we sure. started this the show today, we talked about the legacy marketing, right? The traditional okay. marketing and yep. how it was done. And there was a lack of technology. And now the technology has exploded. Uh, so what's happening is there are thousands of different types of marketing technology available in the market. Uh, so with that, marketers always want to go and focus on the key technologies that's going to help and benefit the most in the organization. For example, CRM, marketing automation, social media targeting, business intelligence, campaign management, like all of those core technology that they want to replace the existing processes, legacy processes that have been put in place by the company, legacy technologies that have been put by the company with these new forward-looking cloud-based technologies. So Mm -hmm. most marketers are busy doing that. And what happens is when they start listing the predictive analytics, they definitely want to go do that. Where in fact, like 61% of the companies have already implemented some type of tech predictive technology, but a lot of companies want to do that, but they don't have uh, the idea where should they put it. So most of the time, they're going to put at the end of their list because they're like, yeah, predictive, you know, we're get it, we're going to get it to it once we take care of this uh, improving yeah. our base infrastructure. So that's why we're saying that you, I agree, like you need basics, you need CRM, you need marketing automation, you need your base analytics. But don't put your predictive analytics at the last in the list. Make sure it's nope. somewhere in the middle. So when you take care of your core technologies, you get to the predictive analytics technology pretty quickly after that. So, so the if if there's a lot of marketers there saying, I have no idea where to get started. And I think you and I have again talked about this in another podcast. If you ever have an interest in a great idea of a marketing stack and how predictive analytics or predtechs fit into there. You know, Scott Brinker usually does every year for the MarTech conferences what they call the Stacky Awards. Mm-hmm. And so if you go look at those Stacky Awards, every year he he um, pushes out 20 of the best Stackies out there. And that's really the best marketing stacks. And you'll see in there how predictive analytics really is critical to the success to a lot of these marketing stacks. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. So let's get to number four. So this is a good one. Um so predictive analytics improves performance across the entire customer lifecycle. And before we get on that, let's make sure, and this is me doing my job again, make sure let's be on the same page of what we talk about or what, what it means to have the entire customer lifecycle. Mm-hmm. Like, w- w- what does that mean to you? I think for me, it means that not just focusing on acquiring customers, but also keeping them, you know, yes. simply put. Uh, that's, that's what it means for me. It's just engaging them well. Continue to make sure that they are getting the right type of touches from your company, and they are uh, they value your brand. They're yep. not uh, too busy looking at other competitors. They're engaged with your 
uh, and they stay with you. you. It's like a lifetime value. And and for me, it's like the courtship. It's almost like, um, it's almost like the dating life, right? Mm -hmm. You impress a girl to, to want to meet them and to get them to go on a date with you. And then after that, what do you do? Ignore them? No, (laughs) (laughs) you don't do that. You got to keep up the courtship in the same way with every brand. You do what you can to bring them in, but then after that, don't neglect them. You know, yeah, there are a lot totally. of companies out there who who plan out for their marketing strategies and their nurture campaigns to get people to buy. But once they buy, they don't talk to them again for another six months. In the same way with any relationship, you got to keep up the communication. And that's so. exactly, and that's exactly some of the points that we're going to talk about here is, so how do you use predictive analytics uh, technology across your funnel? Like first is identification of cross-sell and upsell opportunities. Yep. Uh, so as I was pointing earlier, using specific types of data, how do you make sure that you know the customers that have a bigger chance of buying more products from you or upgrading their products and services? Uh, so, for example, like we have a Fiat, a great example. Fiat uses our past company's product, which is IBM SPSS, and they applied this predictive analytics technology to their existing customers. And what they were able to do is they were able to differentiate between the customers who are not not going to buy from them in future versus the customers who are going to more likely to purchase. And they improved their cross-sale response rate by 15 to 20%. Uh, which is pretty huge because that overall impacted on the loyalty and the loyalty went up by 7%. Fantastic. And, and, and let me just give an insight to the audience there. Predictive analytics is not the same as artificial intelligence or AI. And to think that how would a tool possibly know that the improved, you know, cross-sell response rate by 15% or was through a select customers? Really, it's all about the input of data. And, and, you know, for me, my past experience with IBM, it's, it's this idea that the more data, the more historical data that you're able from these top customers or hero customers that you're able to put into predictive analytics tools, the greater outputs and analysis it can do for future customers. And that's a very key thing. This is not magic here. This is just all about historical data. Yeah, and, and just to point out that since you bring AI, you know, predictive analytics is also one of the foundations for artificial intelligence. It is. If you it is. have, if you have predictive analytics that allows you to provide insights, artificial intelligence essentially what it's doing is running all the data set and it's automatically deriving actions. Um, so that's the only piece that adds on the artificial intelligence side, right? It's yep. taking the action by itself versus in this case, we're asking marketers to take action or at least the technology to provide actionable insights so marketers can do something about it. So the key with this is input, good input, good output, right? Not totally. crap in, crap out kind of thing. You, you got to, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's some people like, well, I only have six months of data. Well, then you're only going to get limited output. Yeah, yeah. So then, then another area, looking at the funnel, right? So improving customer engagement. Uh, so it, traditionally, again, here, marketers are using their legacy marketing automation platform. Uh, so if you have a customer that you're trying to send email messages to or send social media messages to, you're going to rely on their activity. So, for example, they downloaded content from you. They visited a, a particular event. They attended a webinar. They watched a video. All of the marketing tools, marketing automation tools such as Marketo, HubSpot, Pardot, they use as activity or behavior data to score them. Now, I'm not saying that activity and behavior are not important. They're extremely important. But when you pair that activity or behavior data with predictive scoring models and indicators such as their social media activity, their financial filings, 
you're going to see a dramatic improvement in the customer engagement, or you're also going to be able to move the customer faster along the funnel, and it's also going to give you the ability to build new tools and technologies to serve this customer. So one example I have is uh, Duke University. They launch a HealthView app and a website uh, mm-hmm. b- to get an engagement with their customers. So before their customers were only able to engage with them by phone or personally visiting them. By launching the web application and um, their application, which was powered by predictive analytics data, the customer engagement pretty much went from zero digitally to like 300,000. Wow. Uh, and now they have like 150,000 customers that they can serve remotely and still crunch numbers, still able to derive insights and see which customers are highly actively engaging with them and deliver them the right type of information. Pretty pretty awesome, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, So, and the last one is uh, loyalty and customer experience. So finally, when you are able to use predictive analytics uh, to impact not only your revenue, but also keep the customers for a long time by delivering fanatical experience. Uh, so one of the exercises that we did in one of my past companies where we were able to use some of the predictive analytics intelligence like you know support ticket data, uh, their market share response rate, the growth data, and we were able to build this churn prediction engine. So we were able to see which customers have a higher propensity of churning, and then also we were able to see which customers have a higher propensity of growth. Again, a lot of data crunching helped us derive this, build this tool that we can go and reach out to the customers and say, hey, you know, uh, we're just going to offer you better services because of, you know, maybe you're you're creating a lot more tickets. Of course, we're not going to tell them that we're spying on them with predictive intelligence, but we're we're using these technologies so that we can... Know, deliver them better service and improve their interaction and engagement with the company and we can prevent churn or uh, manifest growth that's fantastic very cool okay so uh you want to jump over to the last one right yeah absolutely cool so final one so let me go through it real fast the first one we said marketers who use predictive analytics outpace those who don't uh, the second one we said predictive analytics helps convert data into useful insights uh, number three, we said PredTech should be prioritized higher on the MarTech list. Uh, number four, we said predictive analytics improves performance across the entire customer lifecycle. And then finally, predictive analytics paves way for advancement in marketing infrastructure. And I think it's – let's start by defining that. What do you mean by marketing infrastructure? Marketing infrastructure essentially is uh, all the tools and technologies and processes that you have in place to facilitate your marketing. Uh in, you name it, right? You know, you can have your core foundational CRM. On top of that, you have your analytics pieces. You have your attribution pieces. You have marketing mm-hmm. automation platforms. You have on top of that, you have your social media, your website infrastructure, mobile infrastructure, so all of that. Uh, what we're saying here is, uh, which is very interesting thing that the survey uh, threw insights on, which is p- companies who are using predictive analytics are either more advanced or they're getting really advanced in what they're doing. And you know, it could look, you could look at it, these things two differently. One is people can draw insight from and say, okay, predictive analytics is being used by companies who are already advanced in their core marketing infrastructure. Whereas the way I look at it is I think if you apply predictive analytics early on in your marketing infrastructure growth curve, you're going to see you go faster on that growth curve. So instead of going, it taking you five years to get where you really want, mm-hmm. it can take you like two to three years because now you have your data, you're driving actionable insights from it. You may see that you don't need that 
a new tool in the market because you're already doing some of this internally by using predictive analytics technology. So this gives you a leverage. This gives you the efficiency uh, that you're using data wisely and you don't need all the stuff that you originally thought you need to build your marketing infrastructure. So, I mean, all, all in all, it's it's this idea that you're you're not complicating your life. You're actually making your life easier by feeding more data and putting in more complication in this tool that outputs something easier and better That's for true. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, this is good stuff, man. I, I really like these. And, and I think this is a great learning from this. And, you know, if you do go and check out this uh, Forrester survey, it was an October 2015 survey um, titled – from insight to action, how predictive analytics improves B2B marketing outcomes. You'll see um, some of these key points. What Samir and I didn't want to do is just kind of read through the entire document verbatim for you guys and just kind of quote stuff because we all know you guys can read this stuff yourself. So I think this is a you know this is a great podcast today talking about you know these these insights using predictive marketing. And to re- to remind our listeners again, we're going to post a link to the survey in the show notes as well. Um, so for those who have not been to our website, definitely visit datacrackle.com, D-A-T-A-C-R-A-C-K-L-E.com. That's where we put our show notes. Uh, that's where you're going to have all the details and everything, uh, how to connect with us. And also, we're you know we're definitely available on iTunes, so feel free to leave feedback on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, almost all the... Uh, modern day uh, podcast application we should be available on that one absolutely and like i said keep on uh with the communication to us if you got any ideas and things you want us to talk about let us know and we'd be happy to and you know if there's anything specific we'd love to discuss it so fantastic great stuff great, great. and uh thanks again for another great podcast samir and uh, see you guys in there thanks see you